Hello, hello. Welcome to the Wisdom Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Renetta Haynes. This podcast seeks to inspire and motivate listeners to cultivate a personal relationship with the Word of God and increase biblical literacy within the body of Christ. Through weekly Bible talks and discussions, my hope is that listeners gain deep personal insight, inspiration, and motivation as they grow in the knowledge of God and themselves through the Bible. I am a minister. I'm an educator, intercessor, speaker, and poet. I was ordained in 2013 in the Bible Ministry Office of Teacher through the Global Change Network USA Ministry. Additionally, my educational studies include psychology, marriage and family counseling, and industrial organizational psychology. All in all, I would have to say I'm a lifelong learner. I love the Word of God and enjoy sharing the Word of God with others. I seek to really look at the Word and make personal connections with the Word without distorting doctrine and not jumping into a lot of different theological debate, but just truly allowing myself and sharing with others what the Bible clearly says and how we can clearly apply and make connections in our daily lives, in our life's journey. Um, And so I'm really grateful to have you join, take a seat, relax your feet, and open your mind and your heart to receive a word here on the Wisdom Speaks podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to the third episode of the Wisdom Speaks podcast. I know it's been a while since our last episode. There has been a lot going on in in our world with um, the COVID-19 pandemic and just an uprising of protests and cries for justice um, following the murder of George Floyd, a black man um, who died um, due to the knee of a white police officer on his neck for nearly nine minutes. Um, This was captured on video and it has been seen around the world. And there are cries for justice and change, not just in the United States, but these cries are coming from all over the world. And 
um, today we are going to go back to Genesis and we're going to be in chapter 4. We are going to look at three brothers, the first three sons um, born into humanity and that is Cain, Abel, and Seth. We're going to look at these three brothers from the lens of the sin, the slain, and the seed. Genesis chapter 4 verses 1 and 2. Now Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Eve declared that she had acquired Cain. To acquire means to obtain for yourself. So what did Eve do to obtain Cain for herself? Abel means breath. I can't help but to think about um in light of the events, um, breath and George Floyd and and not just George Floyd, but hearing cries of I can't breathe. Yeah, able means breath. This is reflective of the breath of life, God breath into the nostrils of man when he created him, that breath giving him life. Abel became a man that managed or looked after the sheep. It's so reflective of Jesus, the good shepherd, and even him being able to do that, to have that understanding to look after the sheep, it, it had to come from God because Cain did what the Lord instructed his father Adam to do in the garden, which was to till the ground. And so Abel was doing something different than his biological father had shown him. So I believe that God showed Abel how to be one who managed and looked after the sheep. Verses 3 through 5. And in the process of time, it came to pass that came brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the first fruit of his flock and their fat, 
And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. What was the difference in Cain and his offering and Abel and Abel's offering? Cain's offering was the fruit of the ground. It doesn't say that it was the best fruit or the freshly picked fruit. When we see Eve taking the fruit, she took it from the tree. The Bible doesn't say that Cain brought the freshly picked fruit from the trees. So did Cain offer fallen fruit or fruit that was just laying around? I'm thinking about Cain offering fallen fruit. There was nothing particularly special about the fruit offering. There didn't seem to be much effort required in picking up fruit from the ground. Abel's offering was the firstborn of his flock and, and the, their fat. There's a clear distinction in that there's something uniquely special about Abel's offering. It wasn't just any sheep in the flock. It was the firstborn. It was a sheep that Abel cared for the longest. He cared for the sheep and very likely cared about the sheep. There was great effort and likely significant emotion involved in Abel giving this firstborn of his flock to the Lord. He had to sacrifice it and bring it to the Lord and the fat. Moving on, verses 6 through 7. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. The Lord addresses three parts of Cain's personhood here, his emotion, his mind, and his will. Cain felt angry, and God tried to push his thinking about the situation to help Cain make the right choice. Choice is will. Notice that the Lord is actually speaking to Cain and giving him an opportunity to respond. Yet Cain does not respond. The Lord also warns Cain about sin. It's actually the first time that we, we even see the word sin in the Bible. He starts off with, why are you angry and your continents fallen? The Lord is speaking to Cain's emotions, his emotional reaction of anger and sadness. Then he says, if you do well, Cain never asked the Lord what it meant to do well or why Abel's offering was acceptable. He was just mad about it. He was not curious about the situation, which would have opened the door, his mind, 
for him to learn and make the adjustments he needed in order to bring an acceptable offering to the Lord. The Lord was, was explaining that Cain could fix it and bring an acceptable offering. Yet Cain did not engage in that dialogue with God. The Lord also explained that if he didn't fix it, that sin's desire was for him. So in not trying to do it right, wrong, sin wanted him. Sin wanted him. So he didn't want to do right, but sin wrong wanted him. Sin is an immoral act considered to be a transgression against divine law. If something is immoral, it lacks consideration of what's right and what's wrong. This is what we see in Cain's response to God. He does not want to consider what was right about Abel's offering and what was wrong about his own. He's just mad. And in his anger, he is about to sin. He's going to go from being mad instead of trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong to doing wrong. which is sin. Sin is not all about feeling wrong. It's doing. Now he is going to do. He's going to go from a feeling to an action. But God said that you should rule over sin. Rule over is to exercise absolute authority and control. Like To not do it. Not do it. To not take that action. And because God said to Cain, that you should rule over it, means that Cain had the ability and the authority to exercise control, but he did not. Verses 8 through 9. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel, your brother? He said, he being Cain, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Now, when Cain had an opportunity to talk to God, he didn't. But he gonna go and talk to Abel. We don't know what he said to him. We don't know if he asked, you know, well, what made you give the firstborn of your flock? Or, you know, what did God say? Why did he like it? We don't know because he had an opportunity to talk with God about it and get, you know, offering tutoring, if we say it like that, from God directly, some instruction about how to do it right. But he didn't do that. So he went to Abel. And whatever was said in that conversation did not ease Cain's able or disfaction with the situation. It led to him rising up and killing his brother. 
This was the first murder. And then when the Lord asked Cain where Abel was, Cain said he didn't know. And this could be the first lie ever told by a human. And then I also I also consider that this was the first like human death. And maybe Cain didn't know, you know, what ha what happened or where Abel would go, you know, after he killed him. So I don't know. But in any event, there was a level of sarcastic, there was a sarcastic tone um, that highlighted Cain's lack of responsibility. When the Lord gave him a chance to, to take responsibility for his insufficient offering, he didn't take responsibility for it. And now when God's asking him, where's his brother? He fails to take responsibility again. He's not acknowledging like, well, I got mad or I rose up against him or I did anything. He just really just kind of blowing it off. Verses 10 through 12. And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. The Lord asked Cain what he did, just like he asked Adam what he'd done to see that his nakedness was wrong in the garden. <laughs> this was the original cold case. We see the blood of Abel calling out to the Lord from the ground, crying out for justice. And... And I think even today, as I know that I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and because of the blood that he shed, I am covered in that blood. And his blood is crying out for me. It's crying out grace. It's crying out that, that my sins are forgiven because of what he's done for me. It's recognizing that I've done wrong. But through his, the shedding of his blood that I am saved. But here, in this case, that blood is crying out to God from the ground. And there are multiple consequences for Cain's actions. One, God said the ground would no longer produce crops or, or, or its strength. It wouldn't produce the best for Cain anymore. Cain would be a fugitive and he would have to leave from his family. Cain would be a vagabond who would have to wander from place to place. He would have no purpose. He's just wandering around. Verses 13 through 15. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. 
I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him shall kill him. Now Cain's response to the Lord was, is a cry for mercy. Cain is a murderer that doesn't want to be murdered. The Lord's response to Cain was mercy. It said that he set a mark on Cain. I call that the mark of mercy. And I'm not going to read verses 16 through 22, but those talk about um, Cain and his son and his grandson. And his grandson would be Lamech, who would um, be the first to, to take two wives or to in the Bible to be documented to take two wives. And, and his like vengeance and death just grew um, in his grandson and verses 22 and 24 says then Lamech said to his wives Ada and Zila hear my voice wives of Lamech listen to my speech for I have killed a man for wounding me even a young man for hurting me if Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, then Lamech seventy-sevenfold. Lamech is bragging about killing people who wounded and hurt him. Lamech is prideful in his self-proclamation. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, so he's just going to outdo what God said in his own strength. Um, murder is increasing in the descendants of Cain. Let's go to verses 25 and 26. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son named Seth. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. And as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. Seth's name means anointed or compensation. Compensation is something that is given in recognition of loss or suffering, okay? which is, is a real difference from Cain. Cain was acquired, something that Eve got for herself. But Seth is given, um, is, is, is a seed. She calls him an, another seed instead of Abel. Um, the interesting thing also is that Cain was recognized as God has given me a man. Um, or I have acquired a man. But Abel was recognized as a seed. And Seth was another seed. Um, and so, uh, that's just a powerful, um, 
picture of the identities of these three sons. And then we also see that once Seth begins to have sons, man began to call on the name of the Lord. Seth's descendants began to seek the Lord. They began to seek the Lord. They began to call on the name of the Lord. Genesis 5, verses 1 through 3. We're getting ready to wrap it up. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. It's very interesting that Seth is the son the Bible says was made in Adam's image because Abel was recognized as a seed, but he didn't do what his father did. So he was made in another image, I suppose. Cain was a choir. It was seen that he was what Adam and Eve got as a result of their decision to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Abel was the breath which reflects the life the Lord breathed into mankind. He also reflects Jesus as a good shepherd. He brought forth a pleasing offering to the Lord. Jesus is the pleasing offering to the Lord. And his blood cries out, cried out to the Lord from the ground. And his blood cries out as it covers those who receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior today. And it's crying out grace. Seth is the anointed compensation. It will be through Seth's descendants that the Lord will bring forth the opportunity for redemption and salvation through Jesus. And that opportunity still extends to us today. And without going into all of the genealogy, I think that we can clearly see that Cain, the acquired son, would would be the, the, the sin. He would be the killer. He would bring murder. And murder would grow through his descendants. And we see Abel... The breath is slain. Um, he was slain. He was murdered by his brother. And then we would see Seth, who would be another seed that the Lord gave to humanity to be able to bring his son Jesus into humanity for our salvation for our opportunity for redemption. And with all the things that are happening and 
what feels like cries for justice, um, I do submit that God hears all the cries the same way that Abel's blood cried out from the ground. The cries of, of humanity now are going forth and God hears. And that's why he sent his son to save. His son reflects grace and forgiveness. And even though it's hard and I've had to spend so much time making sure that my heart would not go into a place of unforgiveness because I'm forgiven. Yes, I seek justice, but I also seek mercy. And I, we all need grace. So, if you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is your opportunity to do so. Right wherever you are, it's between you and God. But recognize that Jesus willingly went to the cross for the sins of mankind. And that includes my sins and your sins and, and even the officer's sin. All sin. And if you were saved, already receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I hope that you will see his mercy in this. Even for Cain, that God extended mercy. And as we discussed in episode two, forgiveness. I didn't know that all this would be happening, but forgiveness is critical. Forgiveness is critical. And as we intercede and we pray, that we pray with a heart that is that is clean and pure of unforgiveness. And we trust that God will bring forth justice. And, and we see a, that justice is coming forth. I believe God. As we cry out, that he hears our cries for justice. Thank you for taking this time and tuning in to this episode of the Wisdom Speaks podcast. I pray God's blessings, his love, his mercy, and his grace. Take care.